0: Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Joel Abramson, CEO and co-founder of Produce 8 to the show today. Joel, welcome.
1: Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here, Ben.
0: Yeah, great to have you here. And you've got a really diverse background, so excited for the show today. But tell us a little bit about your SaaS background.
1: Yeah, so I've been involved in in SaaS and, you know, in particular for managed service providers, MSPs, for a number of years. So I work with top-down ventures, who supports a number of different SaaS companies in the MSP space. So, ScalePad is our biggest one right now, about 200 staff serving about 11,000 MSPs. Uh, the founder of TopDown actually founded a company called uh, IT Glue, which uh, again surpassed 10,000 MSPs and was a, a landmark product in that space, helping MSPs manage documentation for their customers. So we, we've, we've had a number of very, a number of success stories over the years, We're really lucky to be embraced by the MSP community. And I've been on the other side of the house as well, running an MSP. So that's been, you know, most of my career has been spent as an MSP operator. So we, you know, had a little MSP, then joined forces with an MSP called Fully Managed. And then that grew and grew and merged with a company called CareWorks in 2018, and eventually exited to TELUS, which is kind of Canada's at in mm-hmm. 2022. Um, so they're doing great things over there now. And I'm with Chris at TopDown Ventures. and We also have a couple of, a couple of interesting projects, the Eight being one of them that we'll talk about
0: today. Yeah, definitely. So how, you know, how do you split your time right now? Because you're co-founder and CEO of a company and also then it looks like partner at TopDown Ventures. So kind of, you know, both roles right now, is that how you, how you spend your time during the week?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So uh, support all the, the top-down companies, you know, at the board level, at the strategy level, where we can dip down in, in execution. So personally supporting on corporate development efforts and overseeing, you know, finance functions and, you know, looking for new companies that that can join the top-down portfolio as well. So get to meet with lots of, of interesting companies <laughs> every month. And, and then produce eight is, you know, as a co-founder and, and as the, you know, the CEO spending a lot of time As over the last couple of years, we've had a, a great leadership team that's been building the product. And so myself and the other two co-founders, Mark Scott, who's the current president of fully managed the MSP we talked about and Chris Day, my partner at. Top down, he's the other co-founder of Produce8. So we give Produce8 a lot of direction on its product strategy. And now as we've just opened up our, our general sign up and get ready for our monetized product here in Q2, it's getting a lot of my attention.
0: Well, that's great. Well, let's dive into Produce8. So what services and our products does Produce8 offer?
1: Yeah, I'll give you a, an overview. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: Produce8, it was born... In a really interesting time, it was ideated pre-pandemic as we started to really investigate how distractions were disrupting the average knowledge worker, and we were looking at things like open office environments and you know just the the the, the, the general transition of messaging and Slack and Teams in, in an office environment, and then we had this this so we were just just getting going with with all of that research, and then the, the pandemic said, and then everybody went home and all of a sudden we had this, this really interesting expedited challenge of what is everybody doing? And it was a question that all the CEOs were asking. And, you know, I, when I get into these conversations, there, there's lots of great employee monitoring products out there. And so I would bring those up and there'd be this visceral reaction to it. I don't need to monitor my people. I trust my people. That's what managers are for. And look, there's a great, Place for monitoring tools in a lot of compliance driven areas of organizations it just but you know it's 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 a massive cultural shift to start to deploy monitoring tools especially as we shifted to this remote first or, or hybrid environment so we saw this really interesting opportunity of you know like connected but not creepy trying to to really just, create something that would be an alternative to employee monitoring while also accomplishing a bunch of the goals that we'll, we'll talk about here so you know where where it's landed through the last you know two two and a half years of development and market research and talking to beta customers and and building is you know we've we've come up with this whole idea that you know we look at the time and the time like kind of the rate at which it passes it's like that's an indisputable fact But the problem with time is that we perceive its passage differently. It can appear to slow down or speed up based simply on what we're doing, and we also experience it differently. So what happens during my day can't be replicated by any other person. And so as a result, we all form opinions about our use of time and others that don't really reflect reality. So the problem of the digital workplace are very real and very large, and the evidence is now there that the digital worker productivity is declining while hours worked are rising <laughs> so it's a very interesting intersection and so we're dealing with a massive and growing volume of digital noise that's costing us an average of 90 minutes a day is what our you know what, what the research out there is showing and so feels like we are understand a, a bunch of the sources of these problems there's no real consensus about the specific nature of them and there's no real possibility to consider nuance, so the absence of data leaves executives, and you know ourselves included, drawing these inaccurate conclusions and starting to react with blunt decisions, and those can lead to unintended consequences. So if you if you saw, you know, there's there's a new story every week, that's that's a relatable story to the problem we're trying to solve. And two weeks ago it was Spotify gets up on and says we're canceling all meetings, <laughs> all meetings, no more no more meetings, and like that's a that's a pretty, you know, blunt way to address the problem. So, you know, and then we look at traditional message of, of, of addressing the challenges, and they're based largely on the assumption that the employee is the problem, that they're going to fix it. And that, we feel like, incorrectly absolves the business and its leaders for not spending the time to understand what technology uses and management practice are doing to impair human potential. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have this philosophy that, we can change it all, but we need to start with the data. Yep. So, Produce Eight is an analytics platform that helps digital-first teams understand how they allocate their time and leverage technology. And put simply, our goal is to help everyone recover an hour a day. And teams can improve. Teams can improve, Teams can improve performance, and companies can you know sustain profitability. And at the end of the day, we can all protect employee well-being.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So give us a sample use case. So if I'm, say, could this be a 500-employee firm with a lot of remote workers? And so what happens? You put produce aid in, and then then what happens?
1: So, you know, I guess it starts with, you know, the, the platform is built on a foundation of trust and on control of personal information. So, you know, our goal is to help teams get their data and form a shared understanding of the nature of challenges and you know what's going on in the digital workplace so we're not passing judgment and telling them what's mm-hmm. good for them we're starting by showing them the data so we have kind of we have two inroads we have the ability to pick up the product on your own so you can install it I can install it you know employee a at company of 500 people can install it mm-hmm. and they can just log in download the desktop agent, download the uh, install the the browser plugin, and then they can just pick the apps that they want to start to understand what's going on with. So if you don't pick Facebook, you're not going to be, you know, monitoring what's going on on Facebook. You're not going to be sending information back to your employer about what's happening on Facebook. It's just, let's start with what's happening in Salesforce. So Mm -hmm. uh, let's start now from the, so if you want to understand what's happening in your digital workday, as an individual, you can just start to start to understand that. So for me, like, you know, the same way my aura ring tells me I had six drinks yeah. last night and I had a really lousy sleep. You know, I, I knew yeah. that before my aura ring, now I wake up in the morning and I see that, I see that it's a worse sleep than I had for the previous six nights. And so, you know, it's gonna help me make decisions based on that data every day that comes in. Also, you know, I had a, a great workout yesterday, you know today or two days ago and i can see how that correlates throughout my day so it's informing my daily decisions with data it's the same thing i know i feel lousy after doing 10 hours of zoom meetings a day Mm -hmm. like it's i i know it i recognize it yet i still continue to book it every second day so our goal is to or what produce eight does is i log in and i see that you know yesterday it was it's a really hard day there was 10 hours of zoom meetings and you know all this other this, this This other work in these digital tools. And you know I was hopping around a lot, and I didn't go more than fifteen minutes without being interrupted on you know by a slack message. And you can start to really understand what's happening in your digital work day. and then you know you you get a score. So you say, oh, that was my distraction score was was quite high yesterday relative to my average day. Or my digital intensity score was really high because I had ten Zoom meetings. And so it's the same concepts about digital about well being for your digital life. So we call it digital well being.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, it's hard to track that. You know, you're spending a lot of time on Zoom, but then nothing, to, not doing anything about it, or tons of time in meetings. So really interesting use case. So when when did you what year did you found Produce?
1: So we we founded it just just over two and a half years ago, and we've been building ever since. So I might just jump back to the the case for a, a oh, company. She- because uh-huh. I gave you the individual use case, so for digital well-being, but for a company, it can start out as simply: let's look at what's happening in Salesforce. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign up. I'm gonna get everybody on Salesforce onto the platform, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna check Salesforce, and we're gonna see that, you know, of our 500 500 work-person organization, we've got uh-huh. 200 licenses of Salesforce, but only 106 people are using it. On a daily basis uh-huh. okay there's there's lots of different you know audit tools for for sas out there uh-huh. that's interesting you know then then you can start again it's privacy driven so people opt into sharing this information so maybe 30 people aren't sharing that information okay so then let's talk to those 30 people why aren't you sharing that information facilitate the conversation oh we're just trying to understand the usage you know if we cut 10 salesforce licenses we could hire that extra you know, SDR at the front end, uh-huh. oh, interesting. So then you start to build a culture around understanding what's going on in the digital work environment. And then it turns out that your top sales performers use Salesforce six hours a day. And, you know, they say, they say you know, they say, okay, Salesforce is good, but, you know, we really want to understand how the interplay with this other app that we use and Salesforce. And so we, we turn on that second app. And we find that the top sales performers are all spending an average of X amount of time in those two apps. And the, the guys that are really struggling, they don't even know how to log into Salesforce or they're spending 10 minutes a day. And then you can start to bring in workflow patterns in, into the conversation and help, the, help the, the folks that are, you know, maybe not working in the same way as the top performers. Learn from your top performers and then go one step further and you see your top performers now as they start to add other work, work apps in are working 12 hours a day. And you're like, you know, that's great. I love this guy, he's my top performer, but he's gonna be burnt out in two months. I know this because that's what happened to the last top performer. And so you can start to get in front of those conversations and say, you know, you're you're running it too hard. And we know, you, you know, you're our top performer, but we don't wanna lose you. And so you get in front of burnout. So, you know, it covers the spectrum of digital work just by starting to surface the data and understand what's going on.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting because, right, that's the million dollar question is what's that secret sauce of, say, your top performers? So not just tracking their time, app usage, but, hey, correlating now top performance to maybe their daily work life and application. So really interesting. So you founded the company two and a half years ago. And where are you guys located?
1: So we're in Vancouver, but we are remote first. So we have folks up and down the coast, we uh, have mm-hmm. folks across Canada, and we have a, a couple folks in South America. So we've really embraced the digital first approach, but we do have a wonderful office here at the, the top-down campus in Vancouver that we come into. The, the team comes into a couple of yep. days a week, located in Vancouver.
0: That's great. And what's your current team size for Or
1: About 20 folks. So um, folks. So, okay. Yeah. And, and then any, yeah. just starting to ramp up our, our sales and marketing team as we get into market.
0: Okay, great. And then anything you want to share around your scale, AR size?
1: we're we're pre-revenue so we're just okay. we're turning on paid in Q2 so Oh, um, very
0: exciting. So yeah. turning on paid Q2, awesome. And then you know really that sets up the per, the next question tell us about your go-to-market motion, right? You're setting up paid coming up here and it seems like a lot of folks within an organization you can talk to because a lot of, you know, different groups, departments, productivity apps that they're using. So who are you reaching out to to try to to land these prospects?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, our identified addressable market is all knowledge workers. It's all of us that are spending most of our day in front of a, a laptop screen and, you know, totally immersed in in a digital world. And so yeah, that's why we really hone in on this digital wellness aspect, because we feel that, you know, most people that want to understand wellness in their life, have, you know, have a pretty good handle on everything outside of a, of their digital world. But they may not understand the nuances of what happens when they're staring at a screen, which happens to be most of their amount,
0: most so you're the but, so awake. knowledge workers, right? Big audience, but as you go to sell this, are you trying? Yeah. Is is this like a PLG motion where you're trying to get, like, let's say, a Dropbox, where they just sign up to track their productivity? Like, who who are you trying to sell yeah. specifically into sure. to sign so up? So we on.
1: have we have we have two go-to-market streams. So so that was our addressable market. So the first is we stay true to managed service providers. Mm-hmm. So managed IT service providers is forty thousand of them in North America, and they all have a roster of anywhere from twenty to two thousand SMBs that they serve. Mm-hmm. And what's what's really special about MSPs as well? It's it's where we came from, but you know they they are their technology gurus for all of their their customers, and so they're they're looking. All of those SMBs are looking at their MSPs to help them understand what technology decisions to make. And so, you know, it's our job, we've we've launched several successful products to MSPs and really helped, you know, evolve that, that space and continue to do so through through ScalePad. We wanna give the MSPs an answer to the question when their customer asks them, how do, you know, what, what about employee monitoring tools? Like how do I understand what my people are doing? If they don't want to necessarily recommend an employee monitoring tool, if they want to, you know, be privacy led, if they want to, you know, give them options that are more focused on the digital well-being. And so our goal is to get this in MSP's hands, have them using it for themselves to understand the intersection of people and technology in their own organizations, and then give them a means to pass it on to their their customers. So through that channel model.
0: So manage so IT service providers. So like, but are you reaching out to the CEO C level? Like who, like, because this I could you know applies to the whole org, it sounds like, right. but like, are you just you know trying to reach anybody in there or who is supposed to, what title are you reaching out to in these orgs?
1: Yeah, we definitely want to talk to the CEOs of MSPs because we want to arm them with something to talk to their customers about, as well as you know, help them give all of their team a way to understand what's going on in their day to get ahead of burnout. And, you know, to understand how they're using their tools, because MSPs end up using a lot of tools. And so yeah. we want them to be able to understand that as well. But, you know, the average FSP worker, we want them to pick this up, you know, for themselves and be the end benefactor of a digital wellness, of the digital wellness aspect. So we're talking to both. We mm-hmm. also talk to SaaS companies. Okay. <laughs> so All right. Great. I think that this is... You know, all, all the companies at top down use the product and they all love it. You know, that Salesforce example, it's, it's not far off from, from what happened in one of our larger companies as they started to understand their CRM usage or started to understand that there was actually three CRMs that were in use and their top performers were all all happened to be using the one that was set up properly. Yeah. So SaaS companies and their tools sprawl. It makes it a really good candidate as well and so again speaking to SaaS ceos they're all very interested in in understanding this and speaking to SaaS workers they want to mm-hmm. understand what's going on in their day so those are our you know our two main okay. main focuses is msps msps customers and SaaS companies
0: okay that's great yeah there's big markets there and so you've recently raised some funds how much capital have you raised to date now
1: we've raised six million in in seed funding
0: okay so 6 million seed funding. And what did you see as a trigger or milestone that said Produce a is ready to raise some capital?
1: Well, we raised you know, some, some pre-seed capital right out the gate mm-hmm. uh, to put the founding team together. And we were able to bring in some, some high caliber proven folks on the product leadership and development side to start you know, solving this problem technically because mm-hmm. it's not an obvious solution. We had to rebuild the, the, the back end once already in the first year just to ensure that we had a scalable system to ingest all these events and start to display it back in a meaningful way. We've also had to invest heavily in data scientists so they can understand the data and start to calibrate the scoring and have that make sense. Um, so, you know, the pre seed was really setting the foundation. And then the seed has come in to now get us through our go to market, ramp up the sales and marketing team. And, you know, and and start to get this in people's hands.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So pre-seed really bringing that team together. Sounds like there's a bit of development, technical effort here just to get this product going probably a lot of data to analyze. And then now raising that seed round to really ramp your go-to-market engine and invest now in sales and marketing. Is that right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. You you got it. Okay.
0: Okay. You know, interesting. And any lessons that you'd like to share with other SaaS founders listening who are going through fundraising or thinking about fundraising and just those stages? In your case, a little capital to build that team, start developing the product, and now we're going to go to market. But any tips or tricks that you'd like to, that you've learned along the way?
1: Oh gosh, how long do we have? <laughs>
0: we have got a couple of <laughs> minutes left.
1: <laughs> you know, we, we set out to solve a, a big problem. And, you know, some of the, we, we took what has been really successful in just simply people wanting to understand what's going on awareness you know that that's that's all that personal wellness devices are doing is just bringing the data forward and, and creating awareness and so you know big you know big problems are sometimes fairly obvious and the solution isn't there like one of the the, the really inspiring founders for for me personally is is the bumble story who entered a market that it was you know heavily, heavily saturated online dating and just took a different approach, took a, we're gonna lead with the the female, we're going to, you know, put ourselves right up alongside big tech logos, you know, she, she went to different university campuses and in areas that had no Facebook, no Instagram, she would put signs that said no bumble. So she just elevated the brand right up alongside big tech to say, you know, we're not, we're not scared of, of being big. And that would be kind of my, my first sort of step is, is just don't be afraid to, to try and change something that already exists, but is a, you know, is an obvious problem that, you know, there, there's no data around. And so, you know, this is this is exactly what we're trying to do is just bring forward data to help create awareness around a problem that everybody knows exists. Everybody can agree on the problem statement. You, you would say it, I would say it, the woman across from me in the office here would say it. I don't know what's going on in my digital work day, but I know that, you know, I have these really intense days and uh, I have really great days. And I don't really know how to replicate the really great days, and the really intense days are really hard on me. And uh, just creating awareness around that, just the same way, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that personal wellness devices create awareness around your daily activity.
0: And then let's let's switch hats here because you have two hats: SaaS founder, then partner at, at your firm. What are, where, what mistakes do you see when when you talk? You like you said, you talked to a lot of companies, you know, SaaS companies. And any mistakes that you see when SaaS founders are looking to raise or ramp their company, any any things that just always come up as a pattern?
1: The pattern, yeah. You know, there, there's there's an <laughs> an unlimited <laughs> amount of great yep. ideas out there, and and it's so hard because I I get you know fairly easily inspired, and I just love talking to to founders, and I I truly believe that all of them with the right you know knowledge and network and motion can can be successful. So, you know, my previous advice was don't be scared to go big. My, I guess, follow-up would be be realistic and, and put the work in to make sure you understand exactly what you're doing. So know your market, know, you know, your go-to-market motion, know how you're, you know, you don't, you may not know what message you're going to bring to that market, but know how you're going to bring it to that market and how you're going to get feedback to, to iterate that message, because what you and your team think the message might be and and the problem might be to solve, you have to listen at the end of the day to your customers because they're going to tell you what, you know, what version of your thought pattern is, is actually meaningful. And so, you know, it's, it's a, it's an incredibly adaptive process to go out there and bring a new product to market. And so I can't understate the, the upfront research that's needed to be done around you know the market that you're trying to serve and, but as you know as steadfast as you can be in your vision you need to listen as well
0: that's yeah great advice great advice there and really interesting two perspectives that you have as as partner in, in top down and then produce eight so as we wrap up here what's next for produce eight what's coming up that's exciting i know q2 go to market launch uh, so what's exciting this year for produce eight
1: yeah well we're really excited to iterate on the scoring and as we get more and more users into the system, be able to you know, leverage our data scientists to, to calibrate the 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 scores to ensure that we're providing people meaningful meaningful relative data about their personal and digital well-being habits. We're really excited to see you know and measure how this impacts organizations at scale. So when teams of 20, 30, 50, 500, are on the platform, the actual impact that we're creating inside those organizations. So, you know, we're just, we're really excited to enter into the next year as we start to scale the user base from the the great, you know, group of beta customers that we've had out there to the, the general market and start to just, you know, continue to, to be a part of the conversation around, you know, remote work and hybrid work and understanding what's going on and hopefully you know, helping create a just create create space for people to do great work in their day because at the end of the day we we, we you know build on the assumption that people want to do great work and that when people enter that that state of flow it's a pretty special place for them to be working and creating and you know as, as much as the collaboration tools have allowed us to communicate in a whole different way Every time, you know, takes 23 minutes to refocus after you get interrupted by a Slack message. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in our in our early research, nobody goes more than 15 minutes if you don't have any controls without getting interrupted. So those two things create a lot of uh, distraction in people's days. And so hopefully we can start to impact that for, for creating space for work.
0: Wow. And I can just, you know, I love data, of course, as a CFO, so I can see, yes, a lot of leveraging the data coming into I mean those are really interesting fact I don't know what we call them facts or just data points about the 23 minutes and then you mentioned I think what 98 minutes of like lost productivity during the day yeah. so it just seems like that that data play as well in your platform were really interesting just to educate everybody yeah we know we have problems but a little bit more hard science behind that education
1: yeah definitely.
0: So really Joel really appreciate you sharing your background and what Produce 8 is up to today. And if our listeners would like to learn more about Produce 8, where should we send them online?
1: Yeah, please just come to produce8.com. We're regularly producing content now just to help share, you know, what's going on in in the space and and our, you know, as our product continues to to iterate, we'd love to have people jumping in there, testing it out giving us feedback and, you know, making sure that we're building to solve the problems that, that we've identified and, and people that, that resonate with our, our users.
0: That's great. And just to be sure it's produce the number eight.com.
1: Correct. Yes. Okay.
0: All right. Produce the number eight.com. So check out Joel and what yeah. they're doing. I think the, you, it sounds like you're going to be producing some great content coming out of that data. So Joel, really yeah. appreciate your time today and sharing your story.
1: Thanks, Ben, and feel free to check out topdown.com as well to see yep. the rest of our portfolio companies and, and what we're doing there. And you know, for any founders out there, we'd love to to chat. We have you know, a full back office that supports our startups, which I didn't get into, but has sure. really you know had had a huge impact on Purdue State. Having the management division of Topdown manage our recruiting, manage our back office, it's been yeah so impactful. So you know, it's it's a pretty cool model we have over there as well.
0: That's great. We'll we'll put the link in there as well. So Joel, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Ben.